Hey Valley family, great to see everybody uh, today. Thank you for joining us in Poughkeepsie campus and also our online campus. Hundreds of people, I think last weekend, over 300 devices uh, tuned in to join us on our online campus. We love you guys. That's why we say Valley is one church, multiple locations, uh, not only in Poughkeepsie, but also so many uh, around the country uh, joining us online as well. So uh, we're so glad that by technology you could be a part of what we're doing and uh, real excited about this series that we're kicking off uh, this weekend uh, and that is what we're calling what's next you know no matter where you are in your spiritual journey uh, I think that's a real common question what's next what's the next thing for me even if you're just checking us out today first time guest what is this whole like Jesus thing uh or maybe you've been a Christian for a real long time, decades and decades. For every single one of us, there is a next step. And that's what this series is really all about. And uh, I don't know, there's something about it. Here we are in September now, and uh, a little crisp air, you know, is upon us. And one of the things I love the most about New York is the four seasons that we have here. New York, spring, summer, winter, and football. Do I hear an Amen. Absolutely. So football season is upon us. It's my favorite season of the four seasons. And, uh, you know, just got me thinking about as a, as old football coach, you know, uh, honored to do that uh, in the past uh, in the in the public high schools and all. One of the things that I, I remember is you always start with the basics. You always there's a need to go back to like running, tackling, blocking, you, you know, stance and start. Uh, alignment, where you line up on the field every single year. And that happens also just at the, uh, the NFL level, professional level uh, as well that's kicking off this weekend. And, and so I think that's important uh, with, with all of life is to kind of go back to the basics because over time, and this happens in churches as well, over time things tend to go get more complicated, not more simple. They don't simplify over time. Over the duration of years, things tend to get more complicated. And, and so that's what the last, uh, really during the summer, I've been kind of leading the staff in. We went to a conference, many of us on staff, uh, this past summer down at Church of the Highlands, which is a church we've looked to, uh, you, you know, just as a model and resourcing for years and years, really going back, oh, probably five or six years now. And uh, last summer, a number of the staff went as well. I wasn't on that trip, but almost all of our staff now has gotten down there. They have a limited number. And uh, what really struck me about that church, I think it's the largest church in the country, uh, or second largest of 45,000 people in attendance every week, uh, is how simple things are, how focused things are. And it just really inspired me again, like the coach inside of me, you know, let's come back and let's really refocus, let's really simplify, not so we're just doing simple things, but so we can be more effective and make an even greater impact. And I have this sense inside, you know, 2020 is going to be a pretty epic year as our Poughkeepsie campus, our permanent home, uh, opens up uh, probably in uh, latter summer, you know, early fall time period there. And uh, you, you know, I, I just feel like it's time to really kind of go back to the basics, that's the coach in me, and, and really focus in on 
uh, what it is that we do as a Valley family and how to be as effective as possible in what we do. And so really talking about that in this series, What's Next, and calling this message, Aim Small, Miss Small. Uh, when I was a quarterback coach, it's one of my favorite positions to coach, that's what I used to tell uh, my quarterbacks is, you know, what's your target that you're throwing at? If, if you're throwing at wide receiver number 88 and you look at him from head to toe as he's running down the field, if that's your focus, that's too big of a focus because if you miss, there's no way he's going to be able to catch that ball. So I would tell him, aim small, miss small. What you want to focus on, even if he's 15 yards downfield or more, you want to focus at the, like the top of his number, that, that one of those eights. Because then if you miss, guess what? He's going to be able to catch it here. He's going to be able to catch it here, here, or jump up over his head as well. So narrow the focus makes you more efficient, and it makes you more effective. And so aim small, miss small. That works for quarterbacks. That works for churches. So many churches just keep adding, adding, adding. And what they do may be really good, but they don't do anything excellent because they're doing too much. And so that's what this is all about, just refocusing, getting a laser focus as a church family for where we are right now, where we're headed, and, and really so we can be even more effective in reaching our community. So I hope you have your, uh, your Valley app. Go ahead and open that up. We've got some great notes in there. It's going to really help you uh, because we all can benefit and grow spiritually in knowing what is our next step and discovering what our next step is. Pretty interesting. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, the King James Version puts it this way. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. It's so important to have a vision, to have focus. Uh, because where, where there is none, people perish. If you don't have clarity in what you're pursuing, guess what? Every one of us is going to feel empty inside. I'm going to feel empty. You're going to feel empty. We have to have clarity, and we need to have a focus. And I love how the message translation, it's actually not a translation of the Bible. It's a paraphrase, so it's not literal, uh, going back to the original Greek text. But the message uh, paraphrase puts it this way in Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, in other words, when they focus on, you and I focus on what God wants us to focus on, they are most blessed. And I don't know about you, but I want to be most blessed. I, I want to position myself to where I am the most blessed possible that I can. And that is focusing on what God really focuses on. And so blessed here, uh, this is pretty interesting. I don't know. How many of you want minimal blessing in your life? I don't want any, I don't, eh, I don't, really, well, I don't want any blessing. Go ahead, raise your hand. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? <laughs> you don't want that. I want most blessing. And one of the things that frustrates me the most as a pastor, and I see this all too often, is when people settle for so much less than God's best that he wants for you and that he wants for me. And, and so if people can't see what God's doing, we need to know what he's doing. They stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And that's what I want. And this word is kind of interesting, blessed here. Uh, you know, uh, it, it really, the idea here is uh, that there's contentment in your soul. 
that your soul is content no matter what's going on around you. Your soul is fulfilled. You're most blessed. And I think maybe a better translation than even most blessed is this. You're full of joy. Joy. And that's, that's part of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And that has nothing to do with outward circumstances. It has everything to do with inward fulfillment. And so, Bible makes it really, really clear. And I love how the psalmist put this. Uh, in Psalm 16, verse 11, he says, speaking to God, David writes and says, talking about God, you show me, you, you show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. And, and so David says, God, you show me the path. You show me the steps. You show me the next step. And I know that when I follow and I focus on what you want me to and I follow the next step that you have for me, it's going to bring joy and fulfillment into my life. And so in answer to what's next, that's what this whole series is about. This week and the next three weeks is about laying, uh, laying out the steps that God has for every single one of us. The way of life. The way of life. So, so what is the way of life? God hasn't left us wondering about that. The scripture tells us what the way of life is that God wants us to follow. And just like David, again, what, what was saying there, he's like, you know what? In your presence, I'm going to have joy and, and pleasures for living with you forever. And so what is the way of life? Well, Jesus put it this way in John chapter 10, verse 10. You'll hear me quote this a lot. I think this is like a pivotal verse in all the Bible and in all of Jesus' words uh, because he contrasts God's way of life, following his way, and there's someone else who has another agenda for you and for me. And that's Satan. And look at what Jesus says. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that they, that's you and me, we're the they, that they may have life and have it to the full. That's why so many times, like I said, I see people making decisions and living below God's best for them. And Jesus came, he lived a sinless life, he died a sacrificial death on the cross for you and for me as a substitute. He took your place, he took my place. And he rose again three days later. He paid for us to have this full life. He paid for it through his own broken body and shed blood on the cross. And yet so many Christians, for some reason, I, 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 I want less than what God bought for me, what Jesus bought for me on the cross. Don't, don't live below the full life that God gave to you. That's, that's why we're here as a church. That's why Valley exists, so that we can live the full life that God bought for you and for me through Jesus Christ sinless life, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection from the dead. Live that full life. The thief wants to steal. He wants to kill, destroy. That's Satan's way for you and, and for me. That's what he hopes. But Jesus said, I've come that you'd have life, and that life to the full. So what are the steps? Real, real simple, and again, I love the focus here. One of the things uh, in coaching football you learn, you, you have to be able to communicate things in short, succinct, powerful points. And, and so we've, we've just focused, focused, not, not changing what we do, but bringing more focus, greater focus to what we do as a church. 
We've talked about this. I remember uh, four or five years ago, I, I preached a sermon series called The Four Cups. And we talked about these four values and we began to orient what we did as a church around these four things. And, and I, I love this. It's even more simplified now. Because God, I think it's Exodus chapter 6, the first time that he talks about, this is what I want to do for you as my people. And, and he restates this in, uh, in Ezekiel. He restates this uh, in the New Testament in a number of places. Restated in the book of Revelation as well. So you find this, literally, these four steps that bring focus to why we exist and, and, and focus to my life, focus to your life as well. These four things that God wants every one of us to experience in our life. And so this is the full life that Jesus is talking about. And, and here's the first step, know God. He wants everyone to know him. Every single person to know God. See, God loves you. And like I say, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. You, you can't change his mind. And uh, he knows everything about it. He knows what you did last night. He knows. He knows. He, he, he knows about the argument with your spouse on the way to church today. He knows. He knows. But it doesn't change how much he loves you. In fact, uh, if I could put it this way, uh, he, he loves you and he knows everything about you and he wants you to know him just as much. I mean, God loves you so much. If he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on his refrigerator with a magnet. That's how much God loves you. That's how much he loves you. If, if he had a, a, a Facebook profile or Instagram profile, he'd be plastering pictures of you everywhere. That's how much God loves you. And, and he wants you to know him because he loves you. He loves me that much. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 21 is just one of the many places that talks about this. Look at what it says. Some of these people, people in general, have missed the most important thing in life. What's the most important thing in life? You ready for it? Here it is. They don't know God. That is the most important thing in life, knowing God. That's a game changer. It's not a game. It's a life changer. My, my voice just went really high and squeaky because I was really excited like that and sounded like Mickey Mouse. But that is a, that is a life changer. That, that some people, the most important thing they miss out on. And what is it? They don't know God. And God wants you and I to know. Not to know about Him, but to have a real relationship. A growing relationship with Him every day. And... Uh, you know, this is just kind of, uh, one of the ways that we get to know him is like this. You know, on, on a Sunday in our services, that's, that's like the main way that we, we do that. Uh, and, and through reading his word, hearing his word, understanding his word, walking it out, living it out. Uh, another way that we get to know God is by talking to him. It's called prayer. Prayer. That's conversation with God, that we talk to him, and you know what, then we listen and he talks back. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me and, and they won't follow another. And, and boy, there have been times when I've been praying and God just speaks and it's like all the confusion, <laughs> all the frustration, all the worry, all the concern just evaporates. Because God speaks. And, and this is so important. Prayer. 
And I know some people are like, I don't really feel, I don't know how to do it. How does that happen? This is so important that uh, as leadership, with the eldership and staff of the church, we've been talking about it. We're actually in October going to be starting Saturday morning prayer. Every single Saturday. Saturday morning time of prayer, beginning October the 5th. That, that, that starts at 8 o'clock. It's just going to be one hour. One hour, there's going to be a time of worship. There's going to be a time of prayer. You know, the disciples even came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. If, if you want to know how to pray, if you want to learn how to pray, I invite you, put this on the calendar. We've got some great resources we're going to give to you, uh, and, and they're going to be very, very limited. We'll have them, obviously, for the first week. I don't know about the second week. A whole entire book of how to pray that we're going to put in the hands of every adult. I encourage you to invite the kids out. We have a whole other resource. The kids are going to be here with us. It's going to be right here in the auditorium. We're going to pray. And the kids, have. we have a book that we put together for the kids as well that will teach them how to pray. That's how important this is, knowing God. Sunday service, main way. A secondary way, Saturday prayer. And so we're going to start this off on October the 8th. I'm sorry, October the 5th at 8 o'clock. I'm going to be here if it's just Susie and me and uh, one other person. <laughs> we're going to do this. That's how important this is. I just feel so strongly. We've got to really, you know, Drill down deep into knowing God and give an opportunity for you to know Him in a greater way. And that happens. That's going to happen. So we're so excited about that. So first step is knowing God. All of us can know Him at a greater level because there's no way we can, like, I know everything there is about, to, about God. I don't know everything there is about God. You don't know everything there is. No one does except Jesus because He is God. <laughs> and so there's always a next step in knowing God better. Maybe the next step for you is not just Sunday morning. Maybe it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to put that on the calendar on, on October the 5th. No, no child care because we want all the kids in here with us. And even if they're crying and all that, that's cool. They're just, I guess we're going to just say they're praying as well. But, but we're all going to be in here together. It's going to be a great opportunity as we learn to pray together. Knowing God at a deeper level. Here's the second thing after you know God. And by the way, one step, the second step is contingent upon the step before it. So, so you got to know God before you can go to the second step. And here's the second step. You ready for it? Here it is. Find freedom. Find freedom. You can't find freedom until you know God. God's the only one that can really bring you and me freedom. We can just change one addiction for another. Just exchange it. But if we're going to really find freedom, we need to know God first. And, and so what do you mean by that, Greg, finding freedom? What I'm talking about is getting over the pain and the shame and the secrets and the habits and the addictions of the past that are still stealing from us in the present. That's what I'm talking about. Finding freedom. That's the second value. That's, that's the second step. Know God, find freedom. I'm, I'm talking about, just between you and me right now, I'm talking about that part of your life that you know if you stopped, your life would be better. 
That's what I'm talking about. Binding freedom. I'm talking about that thing that you know, if I just let that, if I just put that in the past once and for all, I'd be a better person. That's what I'm talking about. Finding freedom. John chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus said, So if the Son, capital S-O-N, that's speaking of Jesus, he's saying me, Jesus is talking about himself, it's not the Son. So if the Son, the Son of God, sets you free, you will be free indeed. Finding freedom. The number one place, I, I, I believe, when we know God, freedom is found in a church service like this. But, but even more so than that, you know where it's found? It's in small groups. It's in small groups. And right now we're taking this fall, we've got a number of small groups that are continuing. You'll hear about that. We've got a, a, a Bible study that's going to be starting uh, during the week that Pastor Dan's going to be leading starting in October. You'll be hearing about that. It's coming. Opportunity for you to get involved with that. But in the meantime, behind the scenes, we're reformatting and refocusing our small groups. And because we feel like it's such an important part of spiritual journey. It's the next step. Jesus had a small group. It's called the disciples. He had 12. Who's your 12? See, every one of us needs a group. If Jesus needed a group, I, I need a group. I've been in a small group 29 years. I've been the pastor of this church. I'm still a small group in the church. All different ones, but... but always in a small group because there's something about when we share our lives with other people, when we share our interests, our passions with other people that have the same passions and the same interests, there's spiritual growth that really happens there. And so that's where we really find freedom. In fact, if you're interested, maybe these are not just going to be Bible study groups or sermon discussion groups. These small groups are also going to be just interest. If you, if you like duck hunting, we're, you know, we'll, we'll start a duck hunting group. And, and uh, I want to give you uh, the, the dates for this. We're, we're going to have what we call regroup, and that's October 26th and also on November the 16th. These are identical meetings where we're going to have training for our, our new format, our new focused groups, as we've focused on them more, calling regroup regarding groups. Uh, that's going to be group training. So if you're interested, if you like to, to bake, uh, you know, if you like to fish, it, whatever your interest is, it doesn't have to be some sort of churchy thing. Uh, we invite you to come out and find out more about our new groups that we're launching in January. So regroup, write it down, October the 26th and November the 16th. We're so excited about it because we're going to train you as a leader. Uh, we're going to put all the, uh, the tools and we're going to empower you to, to really be a great group leader. And we're going to coach you up as well. We're going to have ongoing coaching. And that's why we're offering these two dates for regroup October 26th and November 16th. If you're interested in leading a group, becoming a leader in our church family here at Valley, make sure you make one of those dates, okay? So that's where we find freedom, ultimately, is when we have these small groups that we're a part of. Every one of us needs a small group. Jesus had one. He had 12. We, we need a small group to be a part of as well. And here's the third step. Discover purpose. Discover purpose. After we know God and we find freedom, then we can really discover, what, am, what on earth am I here for? Why do I exist? Why am I on 
this planet. You know, Mark Twain was one who said, I love this quote, the two most important days in your life are the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. The day that you're born and the day that you discover why. Listen, you're not an accident. God had a plan. God had a purpose for your life. That's why you're here today. A unique plan and purpose. And we can try to find fulfillment in all kinds of other stuff. But until we discover our purpose, the reason why God created us will never fill that vacuum in our lives. And so we need to discover purpose. Let me, let me put it this way. Just know God, find freedom, discover purpose. The reality is these steps, like I said, they build one on the other. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose. Unless you wipe the smudges of yesterday off your glasses, you can't see through them to God's best for you tomorrow. Unless you wipe the smudges, find the freedom, unless you wipe the smudges off your glasses from yesterday, you'll never find the real purpose that God has for you in your tomorrow. So know God, find freedom, discover purpose. When does that happen? Well, the main tool for that here at Valley is in growth track, our growth track that runs on Sundays during our services. And uh, we don't have it in September because we're updating, upgrading, refocusing our growth track. It's going to be very, very different beginning the first Sunday in October. And so we're asking the whole church family, even if you've been through it over the last four years, any time, maybe it was even over the summer, it's going to be very, very different this time. That, you give me four Give me four weeks, just, just four Sundays, and uh, you'll discover your purpose. Because I, I want to be like your tour guide, really. That, that, that's the role for me, is to be your tour guide on these steps. And, and, and there we have uh, a great assessment for you. Uh, you can discover your unique personality, spiritual gifts that God's given to you as well. And, and so we really encourage you, find out a backstory of our church, what we're all about, church family and all, where you can really find a place to find fulfillment and, and fit in as well. And, and so starting in October, first Sunday in October, uh, you're going to be able to jump into our brand new, updated, refreshed, refocused growth track. First Sunday, second Sunday, third, fourth, and we repeat that every single month. Galatians chapter 6 verse 4, this is why it's so important. Galatians chapter 6, verse 4, when we discover purpose, look at what it says. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given and then sink yourself into it. Then sink yourself into that. And, and so that's where growth track, that's where that happens for us. Know God, Sunday morning, and we're starting the prayer on Saturday as well. It's a great other opportunity. Know God, find freedom. I think people find it on Sunday, but also primarily the freedom where people know who we really are in a small group and we begin to share our lives with one another. Know God Sunday morning. Find freedom, small groups. Discover purpose, growth track. Growth track. Make a careful exploration, exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given and then sink yourself into that. And then the fourth step is make a difference. Make a difference. Really to make a difference where you are. John chapter 15, verse 8 and 11. 
Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. That's what God's plan is for you and for me. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, so the way that we show that we're God's disciples, Jesus' disciples, is not the cross around our neck. It's not talking spiritual talk. It, it, it's not even uh, a magnet on the back of our car. It is not even attending church. <laughs> it's by bearing fruit that looks like Jesus. Making a difference. No one made as big of a difference. No one ever has, no one ever will, as Jesus Christ on this world. No one has. And, and that's, what, that's what we're here for. You are on this planet to be a difference maker. I am on this planet to make a difference for God's glory. And so, let me put it this way. My ultimate purpose, your ultimate purpose, is to make a difference for eternity. To make a difference for eternity. Not in the short term, but in the long term. And, and think about it. Jesus had this sense where he lived on mission all the time. All the time. He, everything he did, that he had real purpose in it. Well, look at John chapter 17, verse 18. It says, in the same way that you gave me a mission, Jesus is praying, in the world, I give them a mission in the world as well. Jesus said, he's praying here on the night he's betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's saying, Father, just like you gave me a mission, now I'm giving my followers a mission as well in the world. Jesus lived on mission. You remember like when he's like about 12 years old or so, uh, Mary and Joseph, this young man, they take him to the temple, and, uh, and, and then they're heading back home, and they're like, where's Jesus? And I'm like, I thought you had him. And I, oh, oh, I thought you had him. And they go back, and Jesus, this is crazy, think about this for a minute. Jesus is at the temple, and, and we have very little in the Bible that talks about his early childhood, early adolescence. He's in the temple, and he's, he's teaching, and he's reasoning with the teachers there, the, the Pharisees and the rabbis in the temple. And when they're like, Jesus, what are you doing? You know, Mary and Joseph are like, boy, what are you doing? He says this, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Jesus was a businessman. Just let that sink in for a minute. He said, I had to be about my father's work, my biz his business, the business of my father. Business is not a bad word, y'all. <laughs> work is not a bad word. Jesus like, I, I got to be about my dad's business. I got to be on mission. That's why we have in the Connexus Conference coming up in October, because God has so much. He wants us to make a difference and impact on our job, in the office, the other six days. Jesus said, I have to be about my father's business. Then, think about it, fast forward to the cross. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and what's one of the last words that he says? It is finished. I did my job. I completed the mission. It's finished. It's done. I completed my mission. You know, I love this. In Acts chapter 20, Paul actually puts it this way. Acts chapter 20, verse 24, you see here this same exact idea, living life on mission. That's God's plan for every single one of us, making a difference, making a difference in this world for eternity. Paul says, I don't care about my own life. The most important thing is that I complete my mission. You have a mission. Your mission is not necessarily the same as mine. 
But God's given you a mission. That's why you're on this planet. Paul says the most important thing is that I complete my mission. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me. God has work for me to do. God has work for you to do as well. To tell people the good news about God's grace. That's the mission of our church. To make a difference. To tell people the good news about God's grace. You know, I was talking to... uh, a pastor, I've had these conversations more than once with, with pastors, in fact, uh, uh, pastors in our community even that, that have called me and said, hey, Greg, can we get together? And like, why is your church growing and mine's not? And uh, why does it seem like people are coming to know Jesus Christ in your church and it's not happening in mine? And, and these are like private conversations and all, so I won't talk about that too much. And, and I try to help them. Uh, in fact, one time I had a, a pastor on staff. This is years ago, and I'm not going to name names because some of you would remember. And, uh, and I remember at one point, it seemed like every responsibility that I gave him, it just, uh, it, it, whatever it was that I said, would you do this? I need you to do this for me. It just stopped growing. Every time I gave him responsibility leadership, it just stopped growing. And, and I needed to have a ki- candid conversation with him. And uh, so we sat down and I said, listen, this is, this is kind of a problem because I trust you to do this and it's growing. And then as soon as you start being responsible for it, it just tanks. And, and you know what he said to me? And this is passion point for me. <laughs> it's kind of tough. He, he said, why can't we just go back to the way the church was a few years ago? I said, what do you mean? He's like, you know, when it was just a couple hundred people. Everybody knew everything about each other, and, and we just all, why can't we just go back there and uh, stop trying to reach people that are unchurched? He said this. And, uh, and I got a little chippy. <laughs> you ever get a little chippy? I got a little chippy. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what I said? I, I said to him, uh, I feel sorry for your friends and your neighbors that don't know Jesus because you're never going to help them to do that with that mindset. He's not a pastor here any longer. <laughs> but you know what? Church where he is, it's not growing. And you wonder why. See, we've been given a mission. I, th- this is not a cruise ship to entertain saints. This is a rescue ship, this church is, to rescue people that are perishing that don't know God. I, I, I love the Valley family, and we care for you, and, and like even Saturday morning, but we provide things for you as a church family, but we can never lose sight of our mission. We want every person in our community to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That's the mission. That means those of us that are here and those that at this moment wouldn't darken the doors of a church. It's not about just, you know, a few, you, you, me, and no more. Some kind of holy huddle. That's not it at all. Jesus completed his mission and he's given us a mission as well. In fact, look at it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus, one of the places he makes it, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, what does this mean? Because it applies to you and me. Be, be Jesus' witnesses. What is a witness? This is what I've seen. This is what God's done for me. 
We're, we're not to be, watch this now, we're not to be the judge. We're not to be the prosecutor. A lot of Christians think they're here, tell everybody what they're doing wrong. That's the prosecutor. We're not the judge either, to judge everybody. We're to be the witnesses. This is what God has done. This is how God has impacted my life. To be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, what does that mean? That's those that are closest to us. Jesus was speaking to people that were from Jerusalem. Those that are closest to me, I'm to be a witness to them. That means my friends and neighbors. This is what Jesus has told us to do. What is Judea and Samaria? That was the outline kind of encompassing area around Jerusalem. And so Judea and Samaria are those who are close to me, but that are different from me. They were actually different than the disciples. And so I'm to be a witness to them as well. Those that are closest to my world, those that are different from me. And, and then the outermost parts of the earth, what does that mean? Well, obvious, those who are far from me. Those who are far from me. So those who are close to me, Jerusalem. Those who are close to me but different from me, Judea and Samaria. Those that are far from me, the ends of the earth. We're to be witnesses to those three groups of people. And so, kind of backing this up, I want to drill down a little bit more in a couple minutes that we have left. And I want to drill down on this whole idea of making a difference. And then next week, we're going to work these in reverse order. Next week, we're going to talk about discovering purpose. But in terms of making a difference today, there's, there's three different ways that you and I need to make a difference. The, the first is this. We need to make a difference in my world. <laughs> That's this whole idea. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Make a difference in my world. In Mark chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. The first people we're supposed to share about Jesus is those that are closest to us in our own world to make a difference. See, it's not, the church is not some kind of social club where, where members get benefits. That's not what the church is. The church is on mission. Valley is on mission to tell as many people and reach as many people as we can with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're not the only church in the community that's doing that. Uh, that's why we need, there are different churches, there are different kind of people that reach different kind of people. But what we need to make sure that we're not expecting other churches do, and we're just kind of sitting back enjoying our holy huddle uh, of just a few people. And so we have to make a difference in my world. Here's the second thing. Make a difference beyond my world. You and I need to make a difference beyond my world. And how do we do that? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22 tells us, Paul gives us kind of insight in his whole perspective. And I dare say, after Jesus Christ, Paul probably changed this world more than anybody else, any other human being. But look at what he says. Whatever a person is like, listen to what Paul says, I try to find common ground. I don't judge them. I don't criticize them. I don't point out what they're doing wrong. He goes, that's not, that's not a witness. I try to find common ground, watch, with them so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. Looking for common ground. So I encourage you, when you're having conversation, try to look for common ground. Because that's where we connect with people. And then you can share what Jesus Christ has done for you. And, and he's the one that saves them. Greg doesn't save them. Jesus is the one that does that. Trying to find common ground. And then here's the third. Make a difference in the whole world. 
make a difference in the whole world. How do we do that? Well, number one way that we do that is through our generosity. In the Valley Family, you're so generous. That's why we're able to do things locally here, partnering with different charity organizations that are making big impacts, like uh, Unshattered Next Door, Sparrow's Nest as well, Bread of Life involvement there. And not just here in New York, but also with ARC, the Association of Related Churches that we're a part of, planting 100 plus churches every single year in the United States, new churches all over the country that we partner with them as well. Also, our sister church in Transnistria, Tarospol Transnistria, Pastor Yuri Semenyuk, and uh, Germany. When Susie and I go, we, we, we don't go as Williamson, we go representing the Lord. And when we go, we go represent you. It's your generosity, Valley family, that allows us to do that. And, and so this is like the number way that we go, number one way that we go into the whole world. I, I'll let you know this. We're actually planning a mission trip, not just for the teenagers, but for adults as well, in 2020 to Guatemala. We partnered with a great missionary team there uh, that we've known for many, many years, Susie and I personally. And uh, we're going to have a mission trip to Guatemala they have an incredible adopt-a-child program there called Living Waters Ministry. And uh, Pastor Stephen is beginning to organize that, work out the details of that. Stay tuned for that opportunity because sometimes it's not just with generosity. Sometimes it means physically going as well. And so Mark chapter 16 is where this comes from. A number of other places, Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everybody. Everyone is what it says. Don't leave anybody out. Go everywhere and tell everyone. That's our job. That's how we make a huge difference in this world. And, and you know, sometimes you're like, well, you know, your generosity just means so much. And I can't thank you enough for it. And that's, that's what's allowing us to renovate that property in Sheaf Road, Poughkeepsie there, and that permanent site for our Poughkeepsie campus continue to be generous as well at the same time while we're doing all that to, to organizations and nonprofits in our community outside, like I said, Art, Tarospol, Transnistria as well and, and other places. You know, and I, I know it's hard. I know it's a sacrifice. But I just want to remind you of the words that Jesus said. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Jesus said, let me assure you, don't miss this, no one who's given up anything, no one who gives up anything for love of me and to tell others the good news who won't be given back a hundred times over. Let me no one has ever given up anything for love of me and to tell others the good news won't be given back a hundred times over. Do you know what a hundred times over? That, that literally means... Jesus is promising a 10,000% increase. Do the math. 10,000% increase. You look, you're looking for an investment? That's pretty good. 10,000% return. That's what Jesus promises. He says, no, no one who's given up anything for me because of love for me or, or for telling others the good news, they're going to receive 100 times over. That's a pretty good return on the investment. See, I was thinking about this, you know, this whole idea of Jesus saying I have to be about my father's business, and uh, 
that work is good, <laughs> business is good. That's, that's kind of like a new thought to a lot of Christians because they think there's like this sacred and secular divide. God sees it all. It's all spiritual. All of it is. And, and I thought about this statement. And man, it was just, is so true. And I, this is what I want to leave you with. As we just start in this series about what's next, these four steps. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That's how we view everything that we do as a church. Just focusing like a laser on those four things, making a difference. Listen to this, see if this doesn't connect with you as well. It sure did me. I will never be satisfied making a dollar when my purpose was to make a difference. I'll never be satisfied making a dollar when my purpose was to make a difference. Nothing wrong with making a buck. <laughs> but if that's the driving force of our lives, it's going to be an emptiness that will never be fulfilled. You're here today on this planet to make a difference for all eternity. To fulfill the purpose that God created you for. And we want to come alongside and help you to do that. That's what we're about here at Valley Christian Church. You fulfilling the purpose God created you for. You serving His purpose. Not to fulfill some sort of purpose I have for you. The purpose God has for you. To empower you to be who God created you to be and make an impact in this world. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for refocusing. We thank you for a new season. <laughs> Going back to basics, reminding ourselves what the vision is, why we exist as a church, to know you, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. Thank you for these simple four statements, Lord, that help us, Lord, to keep a laser focus. And Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that, that over these next few weeks as a church family, you just continue to speak to us as the, the, the vision of the church, the mission of the church, it gets clearer and clearer and more in focus and that we would just align ourselves, Lord, with everything that you're doing, everything that you want to do. Because, Lord, we want to grow in our relationship with you. And, Lord, we also want our friends and family members to grow in their relationship with you, to come to know you, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and that they also would make a difference in this world, knowing that nothing will satisfy us beside that. And so, God, I just thank you for these four key points that help us to maintain our focus and to fulfill the mission that you've given to every single one of us as Christians and as a church family, that, you, that we can fulfill that, Lord, as we stay on mission, as we aim small, and if we miss, we miss small. Thank you, Father. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity, if you've never taken the first step of knowing God, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that if you declare with your, if you believe in your heart, if you declare with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now, I just want to lead you in a prayer that you can repeat after me, and I just invite you to open up your heart to Jesus right now and begin a relationship with him. Just repeat these words after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to live for me, to die for me, and to rise from the dead. I turn from my sin right now, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And Jesus, I ask you to lead me, to guide me, to direct me from this day forward by your Holy Spirit, and I will follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.